Welcome back to Encore Radio. This is Dr. Laura Murillo, presidency of the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. As you know, we've been working for many years on comprehensive immigration, most recently on DACA. You'll hear more about that when our next guest comes on. But it's important to note that your Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce is partnered with Vincent and Elkins, and they've worked with us very closely, provided us with a lot of uh, pro bono work, specifically to help us file an amicus brief to talk to us about that, what this means for our region, and the economic impact of this program and all of these young individuals affected by this we have with us today none other than Beto Cárdenas of Vincent and Elkins. Hello, Beto. Hi, Laura. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that you uh, keep a really busy schedule. You've done so much personally to keep this conversation at the forefront. Vincent and Elkins has been a champion. So let's talk to folks who may not be familiar with the amicus brief, what that means, and how Vincent and Elkins has engaged with the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and so many across the state. Well, thank you for having me on your uh, program. Uh, You're right. Actually, it has been the Houston Hispanic Chamber that has uh, not just taken a lead, but really put a light and a spotlight, a big spotlight, on the importance of DACA. As you mentioned in your opening remarks, the economic impact that DACA recipients um, have in our economy, they are working. um, So many of them are, are working in our economy, furthering their education, paying taxes, and really making a positive impact. They have to go through various channels um, to go through an application process, pay into that, go through background checks. These are good individuals. They're good um, They're good Houstonians, and they are obviously working to make an impact. And, and on that impact, the Hispanic Chamber has taken the spotlight, filing an amicus brief. The amicus brief is, is a term that is used uh, where you're a friend of the court. You're not the plaintiff, you're not the mm-hmm. defendant in the litigation, but you are a friend of the court and you are trying to convey to the court the importance of the issue um, and how you would like to see it resolved. So unfortunately, uh, based on uh, the actions or the inaction of Congress and the um, actions of this administration, trying to seek to end the program. Um, there have been litigations filed in various parts of the country. Mm-hmm. The most recent in May of last year was filed here in Texas, and that's where the Hispanic Chamber filed its amicus brief, taking the lead along with numerous other chambers of commerce, uh, business organizations, and, and, uh, and corporations. Mm-hmm. And so we find ourselves in a holding pattern, with regard to that litigation, I say holding pattern because um, the litigation is running its course uh, with various hearings, um, with all sorts of uh, preliminary work before you get to a trial. Yes. And for folks who may not really understand um, the unintended consequences of, of this, talk to us a little bit more what it means to those people who are part of this DACA program. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that uh, happened when this administration took office in January 2017, then Attorney General Jeff Sessions sought to end the program, and you had other states um, uh, and organizations file litigation in Maryland, in New York, um, in New Jersey, and and, um, in California. The California case has gone uh, to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the Federal Appeals Court at that level. In Texas, the litigation was filed later, and the Texas litigation sought to immediately end the program, 
stop taking applications and letting those that, that have DACA status expire. What your question was, what does that mean? Well, an individual who currently has DACA doesn't have um, complete legal status. They just have deferred action on any type of deportation. And so, one, on the human issue, you're really dealing with a very tough decision where you've had people living in fear and then they had this glimmer of hope, I would say, mm-hmm. um, that you could go to bed at night and wake up the next morning without the fear of deportation. Um, it was a deferred action. Um, is that the best solution? No, a more permanent one on the legislative front is needed. Mm-hmm. But for the that's that's the humane impact, right? So so trying to put people back in a box where um, you know they have that fear of not knowing what tomorrow um, or the next week or the next year will be like is a terrible imposition. More appropriately, if you look at the economics of the situation, you end up having. Um, a detrimental effect to the economy mm-hmm. um, and to the workforce. And for employers who have been told by the government, this individual can legally work in your company. We've got DACA recipients who work at our law firm. They are uh, excellent employees. They've been with us. They have been trained over the years. We've invested in them and their education. Um, they're furthering their education. And to simply tell a corporation you've got to let that person go, mm-hmm. um, is really an unfair uh, position to put the employer in as well. Very good. Well, um, Bethel, certainly for a lot of employers, there is this um, wait-and-see attitude. What can you uh, say to employers that may have people, such as Mason and Elkins, who have DACA recipients employed with them? Uh, first off, hiring a DACA recipient, is not a bad thing. It's actually a great thing because you have an individual who is is seeking to contribute to work just like any other American um, is, and in some cases, maybe even more, uh, to, to, to be quite honest. But uh, one, you can certainly hire somebody that has that status. And um, two, I think we need to engage just the way the Houston Hispanic Chamber is engaging on the legal front. We need to engage on the legislative front. Because while the courts make their determination and this process draws itself out in various circuit court of appeals, be it New York, California, for us, our circuit court of appeals is based in New Orleans. Um, you know, the district court is having its litigation, but eventually this appeal could go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court if there are conflicts or if the Supreme Court takes up the matter. The fact is mm-hmm. that legislation could really address the issue on a more permanent basis. And we need to engage our community, our employers, um, anybody that we can to convey the need to address this issue on legislation uh, because that's where a more permanent solution can be found and it needs to be found. What would you think is a, a reasonable timeline for this to come to some type of conclusion? Unfortunately, given the politics of today, it may take another election cycle. Um, and by that, I mean Congress um, and, you know, the House of Representatives and the presidency will be up in 2020. One third of the Senate, inclusive of a Senate seat in Texas, will be up in 2020. And our voices um, should be heard at the ballot box on issues like this and others that are important to our community, our businesses, um, and hopefully, I say hopefully uh, there would be a shift 
in the ability to get toward resolution between not just Democrats and Republicans, um, but people who are not in elected office, uh, people here at home who know that this is an issue, who agree that you can't have uh, people held in perpetuity uh, in this limbo situation. Very good. And once again, for those who are DACA recipients, any final words to them as they are in limbo? Um, if you are currently enrolled in DACA or somebody who can qualify for DACA, get that application and do not end up um, letting it lapse, particularly on the renewal, because we are not quite aware what this administration will do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they've changed course various times with regard to trying to end the program, then litigation ensues, then they end up accepting applications uh, for renewal again. So if you have DACA, make it a point uh, to stick to the timelines so that you reapply mm-hmm. while the doors are open to do so at this point. Well, thank you. And again, our thanks to you, Bethel, and Vincent and Elkins for all of the valuable support, legal advice that you've provided us. And please know that uh, you've got a partner in the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and we're going to see this to the end. And if you're out there listening and you are a DACA recipient, um, just continue to stay informed. Uh, please know that there are a lot of people across this country here in Texas and in Houston fighting on your behalf. Bethel, thanks again. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, and have a great day. We appreciate you joining us here on Encore Radio. This is Dr. Laura Murillo, President and CEO of the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of our board and staff, we thank you for joining us. See you soon. Bye-bye.